Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 25, and starting chapter 26. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me this morning in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 25. We will be beginning in verse 23. That's Acts 25, beginning in verse 23. And give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we come before you again this morning just to give you honor and praise, Lord. Such a beautiful morning this morning, looking at the clouds and the red skies, the sun was coming up, and the mountains, Lord, and the trees, and just the stillness of the morning reminded me of just how grand you are. You are the one true living God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, Lord, the God of Joshua and Caleb. Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. There is no other God but you. And so, Lord, have your way with us now as we study your word. Speak to us, Lord. Give us humble hearts. Holy Spirit, move powerfully in this place. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, so in our story uh, this morning, as you know, Paul the Apostle has been on trial. He's in Caesarea, the Roman headquarters of Judea. They're on the coast of, of uh, the middle of middle area of Israel there on the Mediterranean very beautiful place uh, I was able to visit that place uh, in 2001 and so Paul is there and he's there in chains because of his faith in Jesus Christ and I'm gonna have to repeat a little bit of the story almost every time while we're right around his trial because if someone comes in here new f- for the first time it's hard to you know fit them right in so as you know paul the apostle went all over the known world preaching jesus christ in asia minor modern day turkey he went to greece he went everywhere and just stirred up the whole world uh, for the name of jesus christ both gentiles and jews came to know jesus christ and so it was his heart after his third missionary journey to go back to his hometown where he grew up uh, anyway not his hometown his hometown was tarsus but jerusalem was where he grew up and he grew up uh, as a pharisee very religious so his heart was for his people and you know the story they warned them all throughout uh, in the church don't go back don't go back uh, we're having visions and and uh, a word from the Lord that it's going to be uh, tough for you that you're going to end up in chains and so but he went anyways and when he arrived there during the feast some of the Jews that came down from Asia recognized him and said that's the man that's the man who is uh, preaching against uh, falsely they they said that he was preaching against the law of Moses and they also uh, accused him of uh, bringing a Gentile into the Israeli court there at the temple. And then they also told the Romans that he was inciting a riot, but it was really them that were rioting. They laid hold of Paul and 
beat him and would have killed him. However, uh, the Romans, who obviously don't want a riot there at the Temple Mount, uh, arrested Paul. And before they realized that he was a Roman citizen, they were about to beat him to a pulp as well, just to find out why they beat him to a pulp. And you know the story Paul says, is it lawful for you to do that to a Roman citizen? To, to flog an uncondemned Roman? And they all, whoa, they all slowed their roll, as they say today, and um, were very fearful. The commander became fearful. Oh my, because this gets back to Caesar, that we, we flo- we, we're, we're, we're going to flog a Roman citizen, it would be off with their head. And so they try to figure things out there, as you know, with the religious Jews. And the religious Jews just wanted nothing but to kill Paul. And their hatred for him, no doubt, is because Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they would not have him rule their lives. And the hatred towards Christianity is all because of Jesus. Because Jesus came to save the world from their sins, from darkness, and the world is comfy in their sins and in their darkness. So rather, they, would, they want to do away with Jesus, and they want to do away with his apostle, and they want to do away with many of us. Amen? To the glory of God. <laughs> So that night there in the Roman barracks, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Paul, be of good cheer as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so you will in Rome. What an amazing thing. The Lord stood by him that night. How that was, I do not know. But Paul, no doubt, was encouraged. He's going to Rome. He's going to Italy. And in all his travels, he went, you know, to Macedonia, which is that uh, Greek area but never to Rome, never to Italy, never to the boot. But now he's going to go there. And the Lord said that's what he's going to do. And so he's going to go. And so, as you know the story, the commander sent him to Caesarea by night because the Jews were plotting to kill him. And while he was there uh, before the governor, Felix, Felix heard his case and heard both sides of the story, heard the Jews uh, who came down there, which was about 70 miles, when they went down there to Caesarea, and her, her, he heard both sides of the story, but he would not make a judgment on their case until the commander came down. Well, we never read that the commander ever came down, but we do read that Felix and uh, his wife Drusilla were very interested in the gospel message. They were really interested in the faith of Jesus Christ, so they had a private audience with Paul, and heard about Christianity and we're told that as Paul reasoned to them about the gospel, about judgment, righteousness, um, and the judgment to come, that Felix trembled. He began to sweat, panic. Because why? Because he knew that according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, he was eternally in danger. Because Jesus' message is the same as it was when he came and preached in Galilee. And his message is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now that's not going to make it on too many Christian channels, is it? That good old message, it's the reality of the message of the gospel. It's good news. Good news is if we repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will not be damned to eternal hell. But if we do not repent... If we do not give Jesus Christ our life, if we do not believe in him, then it's curtains. So Felix trembled, the Bible said, and he sent Paul away and said, I'll I'll hear you at a more convenient time. Well, that time never came. Two years passed. Paul was still locked up in Caesarea. Two years passed, and then um, 
Festus succeeded Felix, um, who also heard both sides of the story. And uh, this new uh, procurator went up to Jerusalem and the Jews still... Uh, upset and wanting to kill Paul told him about Paul's case and and they asked him to bring him up to Caesarea but he he he, he didn't he said no because uh, Paul's a Roman citizen you can't send it's illegal to send a Roman to uh, a Jewish court he's Roman he, he needs to stand before a Roman court and so when he heard Paul out and they came down again to Caesarea and they had their trial Festus asked Paul are you willing to go up and testify in Jerusalem? In other words, and he was saying that because he wanted to give the, you know, gain favor with the Jews. He couldn't force Paul to go. He's a Roman citizen, but Paul could lay down his rights as a Roman citizen and go up to Jerusalem. But rather than lay down his rights as a Roman citizen, Paul said, I stand in Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. I stand in Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. So he appealed to his Roman citizenship. He didn't throw it away. He didn't voluntarily lay down his rights. But as a Christian and as an apostle of Jesus Christ, he used his citizenship for his advantage. Kings and governors and Roman officials were all put on check because they realized he was a Roman citizen. They just couldn't treat him like he wasn't one. And he said, I appeal to Caesar. And every Roman citizen had a right in their trials to appeal uh, to Caesar. And of course there's application in our day. We are American citizens, right? We are Christians and American citizens. And when we feel that injustices are taking place, we also can appeal to higher courts in this land. We have a constitution that protects our rights. It's being infringed upon by this administration ridiculously, openly, under the guise of caring for your neighbor. When there's a survival rate of the infection of, uh, of the virus of, in the high 90s, and yet they want to force people, coerce people to do something they do not want to do. And it's not a matter of taking the, the vaccine or not. It's a matter of your free choice. And as an American citizen, all of us have the right and the freedoms under the laws of this land to do what we want with our bodies. So it's important to look at the Apostle Paul and to realize that he, as a Christian and as an Apostle of the Lord, did not put his citizenship aside. He didn't do that. He stood up and said, I appeal to Caesar. We have the 14th Amendment that protects private property. It cannot be, our property, our personal property cannot be taken. It can't be seized by the government uh, without cause, guys. It says it, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property. Your life is your property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. You know how many police unions, firemen unions, uh, uh, you know, uh, are, are fighting against this, are standing up? 
healthcare workers, they're, they're fighting pilots now. There's just so many people standing up and we as Christians should look at the example of the Apostle Paul and not lay down the, our rights. They are God-given. God gave Paul his Roman rights. He was born into it and you and I, by God's grace, were born into this country. So keep that in mind because the fight is really, it's real, it's happening around us and we have to apply our, our Christian principles to what's going on in the world. So don't let any pastor, any church, any Christians, any employer scare you or coerce you into doing something you don't feel comfortable in doing. Amen? And again, it's not a matter of what, whether you, you want to take it or not. It's a matter of your choice and the freedom. You know, if God didn't want me to have freedoms, I would have been born in Venezuela, right? And I would not be preaching the same thing. I would just say, you know, collect food, hide in the forest or something. But because it is what it is where you're born. But we were born here and the whole world is looking at us saying, we wish we had the paper you had in the United States, the Constitution. The whole world is looking at us. So don't give it up for a piece of candy. Yeah, but my family, my family, what are, how are we going to feed them? I get that. We get that. You have our sympathy. We care. But I think the Lord in his amazing care and ability can take care of you. I don't know how, but he will. He's always taking care of you. And it's not like, oh, I need to do this in order for God to take care of me. No, the Holy Spirit is saying this is wrong what they're forcing you to do, then don't do it. And say, okay, Lord, you know, fill the water bottle, please. You know, send the ravens like you did for Elijah to feed me. Send me to a stream. But I'm not going to eat the king's meat. And so, Festus did not know, is now in a pickle, because Paul appealed to Rome, to Caesar. And he has nothing in which to write Augustus about Paul. Like, you know, like he heard both cases and he, he, he lets us know that he believes that he's done nothing wrong. It's something about their religion, but he's done nothing wrong against Rome. I, he's in this pickle. He needs to write something. And, and after some days, uh, King Agrippa shows up, which he is King Agrippa II, as we spoke of last week. And uh, King Agrippa I was, all the Herods were a mess and wicked and destructive but his father had killed James the brother of John had he had killed him and persecuted the church heavily and he ended up getting struck down by an angel and killed for his pride but this is his son who's just as wicked and Bernice came with King Agrippa and she was wicked as well that this is her sister so there is a immoral relationship going on between them historically so this is a wicked couple but this Agrippa is well versed in everything the religious Jews are into. He had been given the privilege by the Romans to choose the high priests for the Jews. So they must have loved this guy, and I'm being sarcastic. They did not. He would choose, right? But in Scripture, God was supposed to choose the high priest. The Romans gave this man that privilege and also he was a keeper of the treasury of the, the temple treasure so he was not 
liked, but he was, and he was wicked, and, but he knows all about their customs, and, and this is the guy who's here. Festus tells him all about Paul's case. He sets it before him, and he says, well, I want to hear uh, Paul's case as well. And he said, okay, tomorrow you will. And that's where we begin in verse 23. It says, so the next day, verse 23, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp, and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city at Festus' command, Paul was brought in. And so here comes King Agrippa and uh, Bernice, and they come in with great pomp. And as you know, to come in with great pomp means that they came in in this real royal procession, kind of very showy parade of their prestige and their royalty and with, uh, you know, showing off their wealth, if you will, just a great pomp and circumstance into the auditorium. And um, you ask yourself in this situation, uh, what would God think of this sight? We know that our Lord rode into Jerusalem before he was crucified a week before on a lowly donkey. And here, you know, this king shows up with pomp and circumstance. Thank you. Think about what God thought of that spectacle. And think about what the crowd there must have thought. How great they are. Oh, look at here's King Agrippa and Bernice and all of their wealth and all of their beauty and all of their success. But to God, he sees through all of that and he sees the heart. This couple is in grave trouble eternally and spiritually. They're wicked and in need of repentance. That's what God sees. He sees that pomp and circumstance and and he sees two sinners. And it blesses my heart how God just, just sees through all of the, the pomp of this world, all of what, God, what man considers to be successful and great and intelligent, God sees through all of that. And he teaches his children that riches, right, and fame, they do not profit in the day of wrath. But the Bible says righteousness delivers from death. And I think as believers, we really need to be careful that we don't fall into uh, what some Christians may fall, especially younger believers fall into what the world falls into, where they really idolize the people of this world. Worship, maybe, some in this world. Celebrity, fame, power. We need to be careful because there's a lot, that's what the world does. They worship Uh, what they believe to be successful in man's eyes, money, fame, beauty, academia, lab coats, stethoscopes, businessmen. But as believers, we, we understand that they are mere men. They are mere men. And I love Jesus because he, he is the true king. He is God in the flesh. And he teaches us they are mere men. God is to be worshipped. And those to be truly honored are those who fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. <laughs> what does the Lord say? Have your waist girded and ready. Right? Because he's coming soon. I like that. So I remember growing up having no direction, very little direction morally. And in this world, 
It's all I ever knew, right? It's all we knew before we came to know Jesus. Every year, as a kid, I would watch the Oscars with my mom and my older sister. And I could not, I, I learned to not, I couldn't wait every year to see the Oscars. Because I thought that I, I liked the pomp and the circumstance. In our society, they were the beautiful people. And Clarissa thinks I'm ridiculous when I say these things, but she grew up in a Christian home. See, when you don't, all kinds of gnarly things are what's in for you. And so, yeah, I thought celebrity was amazing. I thought the idea of being a celebrity, the idea of fame, the idea of wealth, to me meant a lot. And, and they were all beautiful people. And then I come to know Jesus Christ. And oh my God. Gosh, was I so naive and vain. Those poor people are lost. They pull up in their limos. They have their wonderful tuxedos and their, their, they need Jesus. They're lost. That's, you know, this pomp and circumstance. I mean, there's so, there's so much um, just confidence in Christ to be. So what if someone's wealthy and you come across them? Our idea should be, how do I minister to this poor man? He's poor. Or you come across a poor person. How do I minister to this poor person? God made the eye of both the rich and the poor. He made them. He loves them both, guys. The thing that he says about the poor is they're more likely to hear what you have to say because, after all, they're rock bottom. The rich man in his high esteem, he, he might put up walls because he trusts in his wealth. So pomp and circumstance, don't be, don't be overtaken by all that glitter. I always say that the children in our Sunday school are wiser than the Harvard professors who deny Christ. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's the beginning of wisdom, according to God. Tell some of those at the WHO, the World Health Organization, tell Dr. Fauci, you believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the Son of God and will judge you accordingly? And if he says no, then he is outmatched by the kids in your Sunday school. So Paul was brought in, verse 24. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom... The whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me, both of Jerusalem, both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death, and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. So there he lays out his problem. He needs to, something to write to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. And so Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. He said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which 
I am accused by the Jews. What's interesting is that Jesus, when Paul was converted to Christianity, and we get blessed to get his testimony here again, but when, when Jesus converted him, he told Ananias concerning Paul that he's going to speak to me before the Gentiles, the Jews, and kings. So to see Jesus' fulfillment of Paul's life coming true before our, our study this morning is amazing. And we should remember that all of us who have given our hearts to Jesus Christ, he has a calling on your life. And whatever he has called you to do, he who is faithful and who has called you, he will also do it. So seek the Lord with all your heart today. In your heart, Lord, why have you saved me? For what purpose, for what use do you have for me within the body of Christ? Because you have a calling, and it will come true. But we have to seek him on those things. Amen? Especially, verse 3, because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. And so Paul acknowledges here that Agrippa uh, uh, is an expert in all things uh, for, uh, Jewish. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.